0: hey everyone welcome to another episode of rooted deep a podcast featuring reba bowman and allison
1: well hey everybody and welcome to rooted deep allison and i are here and if you've joined us for the last couple of weeks you know that we've been talking about the book of nehemiah it's kind of been a little bit of a summer study for us as we just kind of dove into one. Of, really, Allison, this is one of your favorite books. It really is. Um,
0: and I think it's it's very timely, especially when we're talking about, you know, reorganizing, you know, just ministry and leadership principles. My husband years ago, he preached out of this a long time ago and I liked it, but there were just some, some things. I'm not saying they were over my head, but I kind of was like, okay, Nehemiah, you're you're way better than I would ever be, you know. Starting sure, a, right? Yeah. Starting a ministry or a business or whatever, or an, I'm not business an, uh, an organization. And I just, but I the the we've just been looking through it on personal level. I, I began studying his prayer at the beginning of the at the beginning of the book, and then I just yep. you know, knowing where we all are in ministry and knowing where the church is in general, talking about the big C church. This is a definitely a good book that I think everybody needs to go back and, and study again.
1: Yeah, you know, I think there are seasons of life when certain books of the Bible, certain passages of Scripture, certain chapters, uh, certain stories, or certain characters really resonate with you stronger than maybe they did at a different season of your life. Um, I know there's been times I've had that same experience. You know, I've I've been listening to you know somebody a message, or I've been listening to something, and when I first heard it, it just kind of was like okay. Or when I first read the book, it was like okay. But then there was a different season that I was in where I was like, oh man, this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, yeah and, yeah. so I think your ear hears different things depending on the season you're in in life.
0: And, and I think that, again, reflects back onto the, uh, the beauty of how quick and powerful, how alive um, and powerful the Bible is in our mm-hmm. lives, you know, and should be in our lives. Because I remember, and you, you've heard me say it over and over again, I don't like the Book of James. James is my least favorite book. But actually, right now in this season, James is probably my most favorite book because I'm I'm needing that wisdom. I'm needing that you sure. know that reading Oh, I got to Yeah, write, write to to <laughs> it today. It is July okay, 7, let's, twenty-two. Let's lock
1: this in. Yeah, really. We're gonna lock this in. Allison um, said James is her favorite James. book. Yeah,
0: <laughs> just for <laughs> just for a season. It's gonna change. You right. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think it's, but you're right. It's, and this is the season I think for, for us. And again, going back to where our churches are after coming out of, you know, pandemic and so many different things in society, we need to, we might need to look and say, Hey, we're a bit scattered. We're a bit, you know, we're, we're communicating via social media more than we are in person. And I think Nehemiah has so many principles that we can come that we can look at and come together and say, Hey, Let's get back to our original purpose, which I really think is what we're going to talk about today when we finish up Nehemiah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think sometimes it's easy in life. You know, I think even in a family or, you know, whether you're a mom raising kids and, uh, or, or whatever, it's so easy, I think, to get scattered, to feel like that um, it's just distraction. Yeah. You know, it really truly is. I think ultimately it's just ultimate distraction where, you know, you can just feel like, okay, how in the world did everything get thrown every which way? And um I think that also if we're not careful, mm-hmm. it leads us to forget what our purpose is and what yeah. our vision is and what our mission is. And maybe that as is, is maybe today that's for you as a parent, or mm-hmm. you know, it's been your kids are everywhere. And so maybe you've forgotten what your mission and purpose and vision right. is for being a parent or for being a wife or a husband or you know, for whatever situation you find yourself in. I I just think that's just an easy thing for us to do is lose sight of what's important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's happening. I don't know if you've noticed, um, different friends of ours, and maybe you have some friends that are doing the same thing, they're all of a sudden, the RV is the big deal. Ever. a lot of people are taking these trips in RVs. Yes. And um, I have several friends. I think some of us have some mutual friends. that Yes. Have taken these trips. And, you know, during the school year, the kids are scattered, maybe doing a million sure. different things, going in so many different directions. And now everybody's together in the summertime. And sometimes parents can be like, okay, what am I going to do with these children all (laughs) summer long? And, you know, it's kind of scary. The kids are all excited, but the parents are like, oh, man, what now? You know, but some of our friends have been, uh, like, getting reconnecting with their families just in these close quarters. Oh, yeah. In an an RV, you know, four kids, three dogs, and, you know. Yeah, well, and, you know, we have
1: a a mutual friend, Heather her family took off across from North Carolina all the way out to all of the national parks, Yellowstone and yeah. all of that. And I mean, they had, oh my word, I think they had like three three RVs or something. And then they yeah. had like, I, I, it was probably 40 people. Wow. And I was just, you know, her social media posts were hysterical <laughs> almost every week as to what chaos was happening in their exactly. world. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think those are the trips that really test the the the, mm-hmm. the uh, synergy of our family. You know, can we okay. can we do this together in these close quarters without all the amenities that we normally would have in our in exactly. our normal everyday life? Uh, one of those being space. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, I think that it, it's just so easy to forget about where we're going and what we're doing, especially. You know, we talked about the opposition. You know, yeah. we talked about Nehemiah's prayer, but we also talked a little bit about the opposition and how it really doesn't matter what you do in life. When you begin the work, expect the opposition um, because it's just, it it is, it's just the way it rolls. And so I think sometimes opposition discourages us to the point that we never do what we're getting ready to talk about today. Right. And that's actually yeah. finish the work yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and move forward, you know, because sometimes opposition is just enough to say, you know what, maybe this was a pipe dream. Maybe mm-hmm. this was, maybe I overshot on this one and maybe I should quit instead of maybe I should reaffirm what I wanted, what right. I believe in and buckle down and let's get this done. Exactly,
0: and that's yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today with um with this fourth you know the fourth installment of of Nehemiah, and thinking to, thinking about you know what an op, what the opposition sometimes when we think about Satan you know Satan are biggest enemy um is really trying to scatter us all so we're all isolated he's really Mm -hmm. trying to you know to stop the work wherever we go whether it's through discouragement or whether it's you know just through i I quit lazy you know Mm -hmm. and um and so the opposition was really trying to create enemies and division within you know this to, to scatter them and then you come to nehemiah 6 15 and you realize hey the work's done And then you realize how quick, I mean, 52 days, I can't, I, I I don't know if you've ever been, I, this is, this is massive amount of work, a wall around an entire piece of, you know, and in 52 days, like a month and a half. And I'm like, what could I get done in 52 days? And I've got, I don't know if everybody remembers during COVID, all of us were staying home. So we had all these craft projects that we were planning to do right. and I don't know
1: <laughs> not if me. people were I, yeah I, let no, me just not please you. say that the non-crafty person did not start a craft project during COVID okay right. just I just wanted to declare it
0: <laughs> in the in the in the two years of pandemic I made one coffee coffee filter wreath and it's like I got one thing oh. done during COVID you know okay So, yeah. And but you think of this wall got built in 52 days. days. And I think, you know, we we ended last week talking about the opposition and the opposition is still there. Right. But at this point, once the wall gets done, Nehemiah kind of focuses on something else. And it's like Tobias still sending letters. He's still upset. He's still mad. But we moved on, you know, and and so in in verse in chapter chapter six, verse 15. So the wall was finished in the, the, you know, in the 20 and fifth day of the month and was finished in 52 days. And the all and I think it's fascinating. All the enemies heard it and they heard that it was from God. Um, If you if you look at the end of verse 16, for they perceived that this work was wrought for our God of our yeah. God. And so they were like, they, there's no denying. And it's not like Nehemiah's is taking credit. Nehemiah's is no. not saying, Hey, all these people, they worked really hard. They did. But in the end of the day, this was
1: God's work. Yeah. You know, because, you know, the, the idea that, that they could, they started in shambles. So, you know, yeah. you do this backup and you've got chapter one verse, you know, Nehemiah is hearing the news that the, the people of God are kind of living and maneuvering and working around the rubble Mm -hmm. of, of a city that was really destroyed. And they're just trying to, you know, live in the rubble of it all. And now all of a sudden you get now to chapter six and despite the opposition and despite all the challenges that were, that were in front of him, Nehemiah standing there looking at a finished wall and that's, That's just miraculous one, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, to to be able to watch the people of God, you know, which is what we're getting ready to talk about, but to watch them unify, Mm -hmm. even in the presence of opposition, um, to unify and say, you know what, some will carry swords, some will carry shovels, but we're going to stand guard and we're going to get this work done because it, it honors God. It's what he's called us to. And it's important. And, you know, I think sometimes you just have to buckle down and get the work finished. But then all of a sudden, there's this moment where, oh, my word, we're here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm um, you know, sure there was still a lot more to do for the city of Jerusalem to be the city that it used to be. But nevertheless, what an accomplishment to know that the walls have been built. And now you can start creating life inside of these walls.
0: Yeah. And that's and that's what they immediately started doing. I mean, they took they took some time to kind mm-hmm. of uh to praise God and gloat over what God had wrought um in this um but then God immediately was like okay now it's time to number everybody it's time to get everybody organized it's time yeah. to unify everybody back in there um back in their groups and um you know and then get them focused and numbered because we've got we want to focus their hearts on the law we want to focus their hearts back on his word And then focus their hearts back on his purpose. And so there's so many parallels. I didn't realize until I was studying this for this podcast, I didn't realize how many parallels there are in the book of Nehemiah to the original story of the, uh, of the Exodus and, and people coming out of Egypt to their promised land and all of that. And what, what, what all God did with them, um, and I think those parallels are fascinating. I had not seen that before. And so that's what kind of we're going to talk, talk about a little bit.
1: Yeah, because I think that um, one of the things that Nehemiah says is that God put it in his heart to actually assemble everyone and enroll them by genealogies. So, you know, and so there again, we have this list. Um, you know, uh, okay, there were this many Levites. So there were this many people there from the tribe of Levi. There was this many people that were uh, were the singers and this this many people were this and this many people were that. So you, suddenly you get this this rundown of all of the people that were from the different families and tribes and uh, as they were identified. And then when you get down to the, the bottom of this, you know, and, and, and he's just extensively listing this, He said the whole assembly was 42,360 people. So of all the Jewish people, you know, sometimes I think we have in our minds that there was like 300 people living in squabble around Jerusalem, but this is not the case. There's 42,360 people here. So this was a group that had power and unification and getting things done and they did it. So to me, it's really cool that you see who was there, who was involved and the importance Of the individual, Mm -hmm. I think to some degree is also some things that come out of this. You know, everybody's got a role, and when you play your role, it's amazing what God can do.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we've, you know, and we can see that because so many of these different details that He's bringing out—this person did this, or this person, his family did this—and and and we've seen that all throughout that book. And um, and then in, in starting in Nehemiah chapter eight, the uh, the people gathered themselves together as one man. So once again. We've got yeah. them numbered. We've got them, you know, we've got them in their families and their tribes, and then they're all unified, um, and it's just, it just re- reminds us again how many, back in, back in the days when, when God had separated the nation of Israel unto himself and had mm-hmm. organized them in their tribes and families and had organized them to the point where they did each have a purpose, and they did, it, and he, he would name people. He would pull people out, the individual, like you said. Um, yeah. And then, and he, and these, these people were, were valuable for this reason. And this person had, you know, had the spirit of God on him for this, for this reason. And, um, and then they gathered together and Ezra the priest just opened the law. And I think yeah. it's interesting. There's some interesting things throughout this, because at one point is uh, Ezra started opening the law and then the Levites and Nehemiah were working in among the people explaining what Ezra was saying, because yeah. Ezra's just reading the word uh the the book of the law, but then Nehemiah and other people, the Levites especially, were kind of explaining and taking that time to make people know we're not just gonna listen to these words. These words are gonna come alive to us and we're gonna and we're gonna teach it to you so you understand the reading.
1: Yeah, it was kind of cool because it was it was kind of like the first small groups, right? Yeah. You know, you've got you've got, you know, he's standing there and Ezra's preaching and it's incredible because these people stand uh you know, yeah I'm just you know it'd be interesting would anybody do this today? Uh, you know, they, they go outside and they stand. the Bible says until midday and he's just reading. So this is not stories. Yeah. This is not, you know, this there's is no not a you know, right. There's no PowerPoint. There's no, you know, this is just him reading through, um, we know the Genesis, the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, um, probably numbers in Deuteronomy. So he's just reading through. And this is a place where a lot of us, when when we read it ourselves, we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, my word, can I skip this book? Um, You know, but no, he's plowing through this. And it's like you said, the people are listening to him and they're saying, amen, you know, amen. Amen. And they're lifting their hands up and they're bowing their heads in worship. And there's just so many emotional responses Mm -hmm. here from Mm -hmm. these people as they say, Lord, let it let it be true. Let this be so. And, you know, so they're amening what he's saying and then they're raising their hands and then there's worship. And then it's like you said, the people that they're they're moving now, the leaders are moving throughout the people and gathering them into groups, basically, and saying, hey, do you understand what you're what you're right, Yeah. And now there's there's an explanation from that. Um, And I love it because it says that they gave sense or that that all the people understood the reading. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, really, it's a great just this great moment when the people of God, they didn't worship the wall. I think this is just so good. Yeah. You know, because it could have just been a, let's have a wall party. Yeah. And look what we did. Yeah. And look how awesome we are. Mm -hmm. And this is what's the most important is this wall. But instead, The wall had a purpose, and the purpose was to allow the people, a city together, to worship in, which was Mm -hmm. what it was developed for and designed for to begin Mm -hmm. with. So these people get it, right? You know, they they so get it. And if they don't get it, Ezra's going to read them all the stories to remind them. So they do get (laughs) it, right?
0: Right. And and he's reminding them, here's what we're about. The wall brought us together back from being scattered in our Mm -hmm. little groups to back to one unified, purposeful people of God. And here's and here's what it looked like before, because now they're reading and they're hearing the story of what it looked like yeah. um, back in the day of two million yeah. Jews wandering in the wilderness and then coming upon it, you know, and, and, and finding their promised land. And um, I love that throughout this, you know, Nehemiah and, and Ezra and the Levites were teaching the people. And then they were like, hang on a minute, because the people I were convicted. They started yeah. weeping. They started mourning. And, yeah. and and then that that change of that the, the leadership to say, okay, there will be a time for mourning. It's not today. Let's yeah. not wait today. Go go and let's continue to celebrate. Let's yeah. because that celebration it needed a little bit more time. And the leadership, um, you know, led by God is saying, okay, we need to we need to give them a little bit more time to really just enjoy. Yeah who they are and 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 what their purpose was and to go and and eat the fat and drink the sweet and also take care of those who don't have. And so he, they gave him very specific, you know, yeah. eat, drink and be merry type of uh yeah. type of because he's like, okay, today's a day of celebration. We'll get to the morning part. We will yeah. go that's <laughs> later. It'll be a day for that, <laughs> <now>, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> and so we're glad you're there. Help.
0: But, yeah. but yes, let's celebrate. And I again I think that's just making sure that we that that the people know the, that God did this and they can rejoice and enjoy it because they're going to be unified in the celebration. And then they're going to be unified in their confession.
1: No, I, you know, I, I agree. And I think, you know, if the practical thing, I know as we, as we read these and we we hear this story, we're like, well, you know, that's great, but I'm not building a wall. But I think it is important as we think about some, you know, some of you that are listening are building a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we can get so we can get so focused on the house that we live in that we don't forget that the house is for the people. Right. Or we can, you know, and we've heard this illustrated in churches before we get so excited about the programs the church has or the buildings the church has Mm -hmm. that we forget about that all of that is for the people. I know right Right. now we're, you know, we're in a process of raising funds at dare for more to build a safe house for the women in Guatemala. And there's a lot of details that go into all of that. You know, and it's easy. I told my team last week, it's so easy to get consumed with drawings and and design and thoughts and those kind of things. And that's all good. But we can't forget this is this is just a house for women. This is the it has a purpose. And so I think, you know, I think this is what this draws these people back to. Mm -hmm. The wall had a purpose. And so, you know, there's great reason to rejoice and there's a great reason to celebrate. and. I think the word of God does both of those things in our life. At least it should. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a point where the word of God is going to remind us of where we've failed and where we've struggled and where we, things that we need to get right. And, mm-hmm. and there is, you know, but there's also this part, I think where the word should bring this rejoicing in our hearts yeah. and lives yeah. to say, look what God has done in our lives. Look what he's done, you know, and there's celebration. Um, and there's a time what Ecclesiastes says, there's a time for everything under the heaven. There's a time to rejoice. There's a time to, you know, sing. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to weep. There's even a time to dance in Ecclesiastes, which I think most Baptists have removed from their Bibles on that passage. But, you know, I mean, there's just, there's a time, there's a season for these things, right? Right. And so, you know, I think it's a great reminder for people listening today to the podcast, including me and you, Allison, that, You know, there's times in our ministries where we rejoice and then there's times when, you know, it's more serious and we're heady and and we're moving through. But God has kind of orchestrated those seasons Mm -hmm. for us in life as we move through. And they're important not to skip celebration, you know. And I think in
0: in Nehemiah's, you know, Nehemiah's leadership and Nehemiah's uh, his his uh, ministry with the with the people. He, he does seem super laser focused. We've talked about this for the past yeah. three podcasts, how he's constantly task oriented, task oriented. However, we can see now he understands the task was out of purpose. And then he's like, okay, now it's time to, yeah. first of all, rejoice in who we are, rejoice in the individuals, rejoice in what the Lord has done. And, and he kind of switched gears. And most people, including my husband, really struggles with switching gears from being task oriented to yeah. hey, let's have a little fun it takes a it takes a minute to flip that switch yeah it does um, but then making sure that they understand um that they understand this is like you said this is a season of celebration and then when mm. they came back together i love this they came back together they continued reading on the second day they continued the reading and then they came upon you know the passage of the law that talked about the feast of booths and it yes. talked about the booths and and um and I was like, "What kind of Hebrew word is booth And I was trying to figure out what exactly does "booth" mean. It really just is a booth. Um, yeah, you know, yeah,
1: It's Just a little, just a little hut, right? Yeah. Just a. And
0: um, and that's what, and it was, and it was reminding the people always celebrate the fact that God brought you out of Israel and uh, brought you out of Egypt. I'm sorry, and you had to dwell in huts. You had to dwell in the wilderness, and you were, you know, it was temporary. Okay, and so, right, so then they go out and they start building little booths outside their house and sitting and just reminding, and I just think there's so many beautiful parallels, reminding that they were scattered and, and now they're together. And I just think that, and I think that's just a wonderful, a wonderful reminder of, again, of that parallel between Nehemiah and Exodus where, where they can say, okay, I was, we were scattered, we, we were unprotected. We were in the wilderness. We, we didn't have a wall. And now here we are. We're back together. But we want to celebrate, you know, that time. And, and they go back. And, and if, you, if, you read, if you read that portion of, um, of the scripture where it talks about how long God had sustained them throughout the wilderness, throughout yeah. their time in the wilderness you know, their shoes didn't, their shoes, did, their feet didn't swell. I would love that they're, yeah. they were in the wilderness. Right now we're going through, uh, it's middle, you know, we're going through just a hot climate here in the Dominican mm. and in the, in even in the Southern United States that yes. I'm telling you it's you know, I, I couldn't walk a mile without just being soaked in sweat, my feet mm-hmm. swelling up, you know, and, and, and the booths reminded them that when they were in the wilderness, they dwelt and they were really just, so dependent on God for mm-hmm. everything. Their, right. their clothes didn't, didn't, didn't um, fall off their bodies after in right. 40 years. Their feet didn't swell. Their shoes stayed on. Um, and so the, the people in, in the book of Nehemiah are reminded, wow, you know, this is what the Lord has done in the past. And we're going to celebrate that again. So they build little huts attached or little booths attached to their house. And, um, and I just, I love I love those times, and we've talked about this before, every time God does something throughout the Old Testament, he always says, build an altar of remembrance, or set a stone of remembrance, or set yep. an altar of remembrance, and that's what they're doing here again today, it's, it's uh, in Nehemiah, it's, it's, a, it's a booth of remembrance, really.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's also going back to obedience, you know, it's interesting that there's a verse in here that says they hadn't done this since yeah. the days of Joshua, so there's been this thing where God has said, do this. And since the days of Joshua, they stopped doing it. Right. And, you know, and then now all of a sudden they're here and they, they hear the command, they they hear they're reading and they hear, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. And they're like, oh my word, that's now we're not doing it. Let's, let's be obedient right now. Right. And I love that spirit about them. Um, because, you know, I think that that is really should be our, all of our hearts as we read God's word and we come across a passage and we're like, oh my word, I'm supposed yeah, to be doing I'm this. I'm supposed to be doing
0: that. Yeah. Or I'm I've not been...
1: supposed to be doing this. Right. right.
0: Exactly. And we ta- we talk about this in the workshop all the time when we, when we're reading these passages of scripture and we're like, and, and all of us are like, what does it look like in my life when I'm doing things my way? And we're all kind of like, it hasn't gone that great. You know, sure. and so the, and for the, for the people in Nehemiah, they're like, yeah, we've tried it our way. We've tried it in disobedience. We've tried being scattered. We've tried to on our own. Let's now go back to yeah. the way God designed it because he designed it. And we all, we know because, and you've done a, a beautiful Bible study on this, but we're t- part, part, talking about the tabernacle. The tabernacle wasn't about the rules. It was yeah. about the meeting. It was about being together with God and meeting and, and, and meeting with God and so they're you know like you said in obedience they're like let's try it God's way and I think some of us need to do that when we're reading the scripture yeah let's let's go back and try it try obeying
1: (laughs) yeah you know and, and I think that there is a I think there's moments in our life when we can watch when it works the way it should work yeah You know, it wasn't like these people had not had opposition. It wasn't like that hadn't been difficult. I mean, let's just go back. These guys, just a few passages earlier, are holding swords in one hand and shovels in the next. And they're placing guards. And so this has been a difficult 52 days. There's been opposition. there's There's been hard work. Uh, there's been, there even amongst themselves, there's yeah. been disagreements as mm-hmm. to, should we continue? Should we not? Are, are there's a famine going on? Are we valuing the right thing here and doing this wall over food? And so, you know, all of this is happening and you, and these people push through in obedience to God. And and I think this is one thing I, I know it's true in my own life, Allison. When I am reading God's word and and obeying what I know to do. Then that heart, that kind of gets my heart ready for that next step of obedience, and the yes. next step of yeah. obedience, and the next step mm-hmm. of obedience. So I think so many times in our lives, it's when we, it's when we're okay to live in the shambles, and we're not doing what we ought to be doing, right. and it's just too hard, it's too much, it's too difficult, uh, and we're we're just content to say, you know what, I'll just, I'd rather live with no all. I'd rather live in this brokenness than I would live, you know, cause it just seems like it's a lot to have yeah. to push forward. And then, you know, some of us, maybe that's where you're at. You're listening right now and you're like, okay, that that's me. You know, <laughs> I, I've just been kind of sitting here and accepting brokenness as a way of life instead of obedience as a way of life. Yeah. And so, you know, man, I would encourage you, you know, if that's where you're sitting today, this should. This should maybe spark something underneath you to Mm. say, wait a minute, Lord, where in my life do I need to be walking in obedience to you? And how does that, those steps of obedience move me to a point where I just continually am worshiping, rejoicing, opposition still coming, difficulties are still there, but my heart is different. Right. And, and my purpose is different and my mission is different and my vision is different. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm strengthened for these, you know, these things, because when we're in pieces, when we're scattered, when, when, yeah. when our defenses are down, um, and, and temptation and conflict and opposition comes, then it's, it is, it, it's, it's, it feels like it's easier just to kind of just go with the flow, but we yeah. it just gets worse and worse and worse and the pieces get scattered. Um, but then when we decide, when we make that, okay, no, from this point on, I know that I need. to to go back to my main purpose, which is, you know, which is living for God. And I, and, and the steps that Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah shows Mm -hmm. is right there because, you know, and it's just like, if you take the book of Nehemiah and you turn it into um, kind of a a prayer, maybe because they start with this thankfulness and celebration after the wall is done. And then the next step that they move in, and this is Nehemiah nine, they move Mm -hmm. into confession and yeah. so Nehemiah and Ezra are like, okay, now's the time to weep and mourn. Now's yeah. the time we've, we've celebrated, we've given thanks to God. We've celebrated yep. what he's done and how he's brought us all together. And now it's time for us in unity to begin confessing not only our sins, but, and you've got the sins of our fathers and sins, of, and yeah. now we can see where, where, because I said, it's important for them to see where did we fall away? And yeah. if you don't know where you fell away, then you, it's going to happen again. And yeah. so it's important for them to be reading. And they, and you know, that you said, they noticed, okay, we haven't obeyed with this celebration with this, with the boots. We haven't celebrated that since the time of Joshua, where yeah. else have we gone wrong? And so then they begin confessing the sins of, uh, you know, former generations, because they yeah. know that if they don't recognize that, then it's going to happen to them.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I think sometimes that is a super powerful reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all reflection is powerful. Yeah. Some of it is just wallowing. Okay. Let's just get yeah. honest and real, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Some reflection is just feeling sorry for ourselves, mm-hmm. but there's some powerful reflection. And that is when we look back and say, okay, wait a minute. As they did, boy, you know, they, they built that golden calf and and look how disastrous that was. And then, you know, they disobeyed you here, and that was disastrous. And you promised so many things to them. And and now here we stand and you've promised things to us. And so let's let's learn, let's learn the easy way, not the hard way, right? right. Let let's let's see, wow, there's a track record of experience behind us that shows us what happens when I disobey and when I yeah. obey. Mm. So let's just follow the path that makes sense here. Um and you know i think for all of us that's good reflection yes. and you know and that's why there's wisdom in that um mm-hmm. and i love this because when they got through with this yeah. the last verse of chapter 9 says because of all of this okay we made a firm covenant in writing mm-hmm. and on the sealed document are the names of our princes our levites and our priests so these people were like okay yeah. we have lord we're going to, we're getting serious. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think um, the biggest thing happens because how many times, let's just be honest, how many times have you sat in church, heard a message, God spoke to your heart and you even stood in the lobby of the church, right? Mm -hmm. And said, man, that preacher walked all over Mm -hmm. me this week. I mean, that message just got me right here. And we've even gone to the altar at times and confessed before Mm -hmm. God, and by the time we get in our car and get home and on Tuesday, we don't even know what the message was about. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I, <laughs> one of the, four, one of the, one of the pastors down here at our church is like, I think there's a vacuum extractor mm, uh, at the door that just sucks everything that you just learned and everything you just promised God, yeah. all of this just sucks it right out of the head as you're walking out the door and i don't know how many times i've sat you know and just and rededicated or re, reaffirmed yeah. a decision and um, but this the, but, and 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 here's the thing they saw it over and over again because we see it when we read i, I don't know how many times all of us have read the books of the law, like Genesis through Genesis. Right. In sequence in a
1: short time.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and then we look, you know, Oh, good grief. They did it again. Oh, they learned, they did it. they had to relearn Mm -hmm. the lesson once again, once again. And that's what people in Nehemiah are like, they're probably thinking the same thing we're thinking, how could they get manna from heaven one day? And then the next day, get mad at God for not providing food. And then the next day, get mad at God because it's not the like the food that they like. And then, and so they're seeing, they're seeing the same thing that we're, we read, you know, here we are, you know, thousands of years later. But, um, yeah. and, and, but how, my, how many times God like, well, you're the same way, you know, right. you promised me, or you, you know, you sit down and pray, you know, and, 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 and we talk through these things, God, God and Allison Allison work, work on this thing together. And then two days, de- two days later, you know, I just,
1: yeah. And, yeah. And I just wonder what would change in our lives. If when God really dealt with us, mm. as we confess, we pulled down a piece of paper and with yeah. a pen we made a firm covenant that we signed our name to right. and just said, God, I am, because the covenant is not a small word in the Bible. It's Mm-mm. not, yeah, I'm going to try harder. No. It, you know, it is, yeah, it is usually, covenants were usually sealed in blood. I mean, that was a sacrifice that was associated with it. And of course, Jesus, the great covenant for us of his death and burial for us. But as we look at this, I mean, we've got this covenant. These people are like, God, we're making a mm-hmm. forever promise with you. Here's our names signed on it, and this is what we commit to. Right. And you know, I wonder how much it would change us. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think in this, in this, it was writing it. Our princes, our Levites, and our priests sealing. And in these, this day and age, you can write something down in a promise and a covenant and in prayer, but accountability
1: yeah
0: is is one of those things if i say to reba mm-hmm. hey i need to make a change i need you to call me and make sure yeah. that i'm doing this this happens in you know and we're a part of uh, we're a part of developing celebrate recovery down here and that's one of the things that's so huge mm-hmm. when it comes to these covenants and these these promises of sobriety or these promises of you know putting god back you know first is is that accountability i'm going to tell you my story because i want you to help me that it doesn't happen again, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm making a promise to God, but I also need a sponsor or 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 an account and, and an accountability partner. And I think that's where everybody was like, "Yeah, I want to make a promise to God, but it's just going to be between me and God." Yeah, and that's important. But if throughout Scripture God shows us that two are better than one, oh. and a threefold cord is is not easily broken, so find an accountability partner when there yeah. needs to be a change and when there is a, a covenant. That you need to make in your life, your your discipleship group, your small group, and yeah. a, a friend, a trusted friend. That yeah. that's I think that's the missing link that we all kind of think, oh, we don't need that. And that's
1: right, not yeah, I agree. And you know, I'm sure these people didn't know that the, on the day they were signing their names to this covenant. as as probably a very serious assembly, as people walked forward to sign their family name onto this covenant, that we would be sitting here in 2022, reading their names. Yeah, This covenant was going to be something that was going to get into God's word. And it would be something that would go forward from generation to generation, Mm -hmm. that these were the names of the people who wrote down and made promises and a covenant with God. And, and, you know, and the obligations to the covenant are spelt out. So the people understood, okay, this is what I'm committing to. This Mm -hmm. is what our families are committing to. Um, and I just think, man, this is such a, um, it's a serious somber moment when, when we make that commitment. And so, you know, again, like you said, Allison, I think you've said it multiple times, this book is so practical for us today yeah. to remind us in these parallels. And I think this is one of these parallels, man. If, if things have gotten scattered in your world and disobedience has crept in, and it's been a long time since you've done the very things that you know you ought to be doing, then, you know, today may be the time that God is speaking to you, even through this podcast. Yeah. And, and, you know, suddenly you're like, Ooh, that's me. Okay so what are you going to do about that? <laughs> you yes. know are you just going to turn the podcast off and say forget it, you know it's difficult. Well sure it's difficult. Mm-hmm. There's always opposition. But the op- the uh, the alternative to that is you keep going in brokenness and you live in brokenness. Yeah. And you know um so I think maybe for so many today we kind of take that this word as something that maybe God's given to us today and say wait a minute what areas in my life am I not being obedient? And where do I need to go back to those places and say, Lord, I need to get serious and covenant with you again, yeah. to walk in your ways, to read your word, to understand what you called me to do and to start again. Yeah. There, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting again. I love that God is a God of redemption. He's yeah. a God of second chances. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. Mm-hmm. And don't let anybody lie to you and tell you it's too late. Right. Uh, it's not too late. Get up.
0: Get up. Yeah. And and don't get used to the brokenness. Don't get used to living scattered and 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 in disobedience. And don't don't get used to that because that was and I think that's where the people that were like, okay, we're we're tired of that. And and we want to get it back to where where we had a purpose and we were unified under, you know, meeting with God and enjoying his word and weeping and mourning together. So don't get used to I think there's times in my life, I remember times in my life when I really was getting used to living with the walls yeah. down and scattered. And, yeah. you know, and I'm thankful for the Lord's protection during that time, because I look back and I think, wow, you know, um, yeah. but at the same time, I, I want to, I want to rejoice in the fact that, you know, and there's that, that verse in the Bible, though my mother and father abandoned me, even the Lord gathers me up and thinking of all my little pieces, he brings back together and, yeah. and puts the pieces back together, builds the wall back around Around me because he's 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 got a purpose for my life, and so don't no, get used no. to being scattered.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, you we I hope you will read the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it it walks on into really this beautiful picture of the people of God, still reading the God word, God, God's word, learning something new and applying it. Yeah. All right. Oh, we're not supposed to do that. Didn't know that. We need to stop. <laughs> to start right. Okay. Or oops. We've been doing that. That's not cool. Yeah. All right, we got to stop doing that. And so, it, this is just this real revival, mm-hmm. really, of the hearts and the lives of the people of God. And um, I think there's an, probably a place in all of our lives where we need some revival. Yeah. We need we need to start walking in obedience, and we need to start maybe praying some of these prayers and getting serious mm-hmm. about the brokenness that we're living in, yeah. and 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 letting God do the work. Right. Uh, And in our our hearts and lives. So this has just been a super study. Uh, And I hope that you've enjoyed walking through the book of Nehemiah with us. I know that Allison and I have had fun talking through the book of Nehemiah. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, when we first when you first think of Nehemiah, you think, oh, that book of the Bible is about a wall. And I think now that we look now that we've gone through all, you know, almost all 12 chapters, it's so much less than the it's so much less about the wall than it is about the word of God and his purpose um, for our lives and getting back to that purpose. And so read it again. The wall was built. We know that it was built in chapter five, but then the rest of the, but the rest of the book is, uh, is so much more important. um, I feel like than that, than that wall. So it's, yeah, it's about way. Absolutely.
1: The wall wall was a means to an end. And that was, you know, this was about the mission and the vision of God for the people of God. And we are the people of God. And God is still, there's still a mission for us. There's still a vision that he's called us to. And so what does that look like for you personally? What does that look like for your family? What does that look like for the world that you live in and where you work and the things that you do? And um, I think when we begin to repair the wall, God begins to show us, man, you walk in this area and walk in this area and suddenly we're moving towards victory. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're moving towards healing and we're moving towards hope and we're moving towards all these things and the devil doesn't want you to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. So thus the opposition.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, so thanks so much for kind of walking through this with us over the last four weeks. And as we've moved through the book of Nehemiah, I would encourage you to take your time. Uh, we went through it pretty quickly in four yeah. weeks and we've, Obviously, we've not read every verse and we've not talked about every area of it, but I would encourage you don't rush through this book. Take time. Uh, Continue to read through it through this month and and really let God speak to your heart. And I encourage you pull out that pen. Uh, I know we don't use them very often these days, but pull out your pen, grab a piece of paper. And in places where God just really drills some things down in your heart, covenant with God in a real in a real formal way to say, God, I'm making this covenant with you. Uh, And then put that piece of paper somewhere that you're going to see it quite often and remember the promises and the covenants that you've made with God uh, because he's so faithful to keep the covenants he's made for us, right? Good deal. All right, well. Thanks for joining us today on Rooted Deep. As always, everything we do on this podcast is about helping you thrive. From Psalm 1, we want you to have a successful life. God wants you to, but what does that look like? And man, I don't think anything could be more pertinent to that than the book of Nehemiah that we've been walking through. So thanks for joining us as we walk through that. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and Look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.